The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Well, hello everyone. Um, I am, I like to tell a story in the beginning of the podcast and usually it's something that happens to me personally um, something funny or just like something I've gone through in my own life. But I actually have an update on a former guest. And this this um update is extremely um it 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 help it honestly kind of like makes me feel better that I'm doing what I'm doing. I was having a really bad day one day last week, kind of feeling down in the dumps was just in one of those places. And my my previous guest, Maeve McGrath, who was on, I, I guess, a couple of months ago, her brother, Ryan, was homeless and bipolar and refused to take his meds. And, um, you know, I talk a lot about the homeless issue in Los Angeles. I'm very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about finding resources and ways to help these people and to end this epidemic um, and help these people get either off of drugs or on medication, right? Because mental health is my passion. So Maeve tells me that Ryan finally has taken his meds and he is off the streets. And when she told me, I started crying because it just kind of makes me feel like, I don't even know what it made me feel like. It made me feel so grateful that like, even if it's just one person, like that one person is now off the streets, taking his meds, and just makes me feel like what I'm doing gives me purpose in my life, um, telling people's stories, sharing people's stories, and helping people. And I am just so grateful to Maeve. She's a wonderful lady. Her mom is a wonderful lady. They both worked so hard to get Ryan help. I also need to give a shout out to my previous guest, Denise Klein, from um, 
from Milestones Ranch in Malibu who I connected. Like it's just, it's, it's everybody, there's a connection for everything in life. So I'm just going to say, um, I'm so grateful that Ryan's doing better. He's a, he's, he's not a hundred percent obviously, but he's on his way. And I pray every day that he gets better and better. And I'm going to start the show. Well, hello, everybody. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. And I am fortunate enough today to have on Coach Judy. Hi, Coach Judy. Hi, Judge Megan. How are you? <laughs> Judge Megan, Megan Judge. I'm but sorry, Judge, Judge, Judge. Actually, I thought maybe it was you were, you know, I know everybody like, always like thinks me. That. I, I should maybe be, become a Your Honor. I mean, I love that idea. Um, but Coach Judy, uh, I, I, connected with you on, on social media. And I love what you're doing. I think this, this episode is going to be really fitting. I do have questions for you because I do have a dear friend that's going through it right now. And I'm going to introduce you and talk about what you do. And you can, you can, there's, you have such an impressive background that I feel free to pipe in. So you are a, you started the national single parent resource center you also were started a show in 2002 um, on Clear Channel, correct? Called Coach Judy, and you've been doing what you're what you do now since about 2000. So you're a huge resource, um, and I can't wait to kind of unpeel the layers to find out your own story and why you got into this. Did I miss anything? Well, I just want to clarify, uh, my talk show career began in 2002, but I really began working and supporting and creating programs for single parents way back in 1994. So some may see I'm like one of the pioneers in the field. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's quite impressive that you've been doing it that long. Let me ask you, do you mind telling, like getting into your little backstory on how and why you got into what you are doing today? I'll be more than happy to, because when my story appeared in the paper in an organization I joined for Mothers Without Custody, it was almost like taboo that I had this story because it wasn't with my ex-husband, as most cases are. But learning and talking to moms who are without custody or fighting custody battles back in 1990, I learned it's not uncommon for asking help when you've got physical issues, which was my situation, or if you happen to be in the mental health problems, drugs, addictions, whatever it may be, you have to have help from that standpoint or your kids are taken away. And I had been physically ill. I needed to have two surgeries. And I also was receptive to my family saying, Judy, we're here to help you. We'll we'll take Marty. I'm sorry. Uh, my son uh, went to my parents, and that was everything was to be temporary. Number one, my daughter went to another family member a couple hours away. It was the goal was for me to get my health back physically and get back on my feet. And what I discovered within a few months later is that they felt that they really had full custody of my daughter with the family member that had my daughter. 
treated me like one was the ex-family member that you hear so commonly. Mm-hmm. And here it was my own immediate family, my parents, my siblings. And how I, awful, Judy. That's awful. Well, I really was taken back because I'm very family oriented. My family was my, my support. I had a very successful father. So I always went to him because I figured he's been this successful. He could properly advise me on various things. So he was like a mentor to me. So I was taken back when I realized and found out they had no intentions of returning my daughter uh, back to me. And she was seven years old when she went to go with this particular family member. And I'll never forget calling this person up and saying, I want to let you know, both my surgeons have released me and I am in physical shape and ability to get my daughter back. And what would you think this person said to me? Oh, God. I, I the, Like, we're not giving you your daughter back. Uh, he said, well, no. And then go tell it to the judge. I then called my former husband who felt that he couldn't take the responsibility like a lot of fathers do. And this is not an uncommon problem, especially today, to have family helping with your kids. And I uh, called him. I said, you better call blankety blank. And he got the same answer. No. And of course, my family did not perceive me as the person that I am on top of things. And so I took literally, I went to the judge and it took me two years uh, to actually be successful in winning the custody battle and getting my daughter returned. But I look at it on hindsight now. It changed my whole direction of my life and career into something I really love and enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I was able to take the knowledge from the pain I was going through and able to turn it around into some positive and put it and give it back to those who need it and to try to help spare as many children and parents the fallouts and the issues that you go through when you're in a family court situation, because I had never been in a family court. Basically, I never had to fight with my two divorces. So this was a whole new thing for me. And I was like, what? I just was shocked and thankful. I had built a great support system by joining a group called Mothers Without Custody that my mother sent me the article on, ironically, not knowing it. And then it would end up with this newspaper article and going down to Fort Lauderdale to a room of total strangers, literally strangers and went to their conference. They happened to be having in Fort Lauderdale and that provided the support system and the opportunity to learn and connect with even dads who are fighting custody and to be very successful in winning and again, giving back. Okay, number one, I love what you do, you you're saying because out of the worst things in life, I I believe we're all put here. I say it all the time as a lesson. I'm spiritual. I believe like we go through a series of lessons. They're not obviously always fun. Your situation sounds horrendous. I have an eight year old and a twelve year old. I cannot imagine that happening and the pain and the trauma that that must have caused you to it have was- your by your own family. 
I it mean, was unbelievable. I mean, it was unbelievable because this is what people also don't realize. If you find that you're forced into using family court, which isn't always necessary, okay? Mm-hmm. I was like, I just couldn't believe it, what was happening. But the key thing was, is that when the divorce or the legal uh, settlement is done, it doesn't mean it's over. It can continue. Now, in my situation, I actually had to go back to court to get release of a gag order that they put on me because they feared my talking about the story during the case. I had to go back. But then also in other cases of getting divorced or cohabitating, having children, you have to go to court for all types of issues from child support, visitation, you name it. It ends up in the court if you can't work it out yourself and found that the behaviors of the family members did not go back to the family I knew. So I say I lost the family I knew at 39 and had to build a life in a foundation from within so I could live a healthy, productive life and do the best job with my children. But the key thing here is, is that so many kids have become pawns in the simplest way. And so my children, by my family not coming together, being excluded from family gatherings, everything, but delivering my daughter to the family so she wouldn't miss out, um, never really ended. And when well, they I am ca- so, I am so, I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. I'm so sorry to hear that. And I, my other question is, I don't understand why it would take two years. I'm confused about why it would take two years when it's your own child by well, blood. Well, the thing of it is, is that I had signed what I thought was temporary papers for child support and medical care is what I had okay, signed. So you signed something. That's I signed legal papers based upon it. the fact that the school was requiring legal papers, but I also believe it was for child support and for uh, medical so you can get her the care because she wasn't in the immediate area. And that's what I thought it was. And I learned going to an attorney actually about six weeks after I signed these papers and somebody giving me a heads up, learned that I just can't go pick up my daughter and bring her home. He says, that's kidnapping. I said, what do you mean it's kidnapping? That's my daughter. It was supposed to be temporary. They're not honoring with what they're doing. He said, you can't. You got to go to court. You have to be so careful with what you sign, obviously, in life. Like, like, you know, your intentions going into this, like I said, like, I can't imagine the trauma of tr- of being in a family and trusting your family members. And then, then you say like, you had to, you were excluded from family events, like things completely changed after that, just because you were getting surgery and trying to get well, so you could be a mother. I, that's very, I'm very, very sorry to hear that. But I I love how you turned this around. You got your so you got both your kids back. She, your daughter at nine, and then my, you had another child. Well, right. I have a daughter. My actually, my daughter. By the time she came, she was nine, becoming ten years old. I had an older uh, son who was about eight years older. Okay. Uh, so I didn't push the issue to bring him back because he was a teenager, and why bring him back into a situation that I knew wasn't going to be productive and healthy at Mm -hmm. being a teenager, and it wasn't much longer that he was going to be graduating, and I didn't see it was going to be advantageous for him or I, and because of the way the family treated me after my daughter returned home, you know, it would not have 
really were worked you out still that. able to have a relationship with your son though even well, not, not really okay. what i had to do because uh is that when this was over and he was graduating from high school i wanted to find out where my son was going to college and my family would not even tell me where he was going to college I didn't get to come and be see him going out of prom. All those things that you do as a parent, you take it for, for granted. I never expect to even be excluded from that. So what I did and I teach people or educate people is you've got to be proactive no matter what the other people are doing, as long as you do it in the appropriate manner, in a legal manner, and in a healthy manner of not attacking or getting even but really working in the best interest of my children. So what I did, and I was lucky here, is that I went over to my son's high school after he had left, and thank God he had not turned 18. And I went to his guidance counselor because I knew I had legal rights to his records at school. She Mm -hmm. went and she found what schools he applied to. So what did Coach Judy do? I got on the phone and I start calling to see where my son was. And he actually got on the phone and that was the beginning. But I have to reach out. I'm the one who had to go. I couldn't wait and let for my children because I did nothing wrong except do the best job under the circumstances and all the brainwashing that was going on. I knew I just had to keep working it. And even with my daughter, there have been challenges when, uh, as a teenager and various things happen. I don't want to violate their privacy, but it made things challenging. But again, it was like I work from inside. I work from giving love unconditional because that's what I believed I thought I had. And that's what I gave my kids to this day. Their things will come up, but it's like, I'm your mom. I love you. I'm doing the best that I can. That's all I can do. I may say the wrong things or whatever, but my goal is out of love and you're my children. Guess what, Judy? We all make mistakes as parents. I make them every single day. I know. I mean, I'm just so sorry to hear that all of that happened. But what I want to kind of pivot into is once you, how did you get into deciding that you want, you went through so much in the court system that you decided to make this your career? Can you, can you touch on that? Sure. By getting involved with an organization that was called Mothers Without Custody, I ended Mm -hmm. up running a group in my area. I then became a leader in the organization. And I really loved what I was doing and to be able to share words that would help people. To me, that's the greatest reward we can give ourselves is to be able to help others like you are doing with the homeless. And I commend you for that. And that really does so much for you as a person in the mind. It also chemistry wise, it's very beneficial because it helps the natural endorphins and the healthy hormones that help to block out pain or various things. It helps you to heal by doing that because you're learning, you're connecting, you're connected with positivity. You are, you know, you are just enjoying life the way life should be just in a different way. Well, don't you think too, I I always say this, that why part of why I do these things is selfish. Like my, I'll I'll say at the end of the show, I always say, be happy by making others happy. Literally, I'm happy because I like to interview people like you, share your stories. There, my listeners out there could be in the, in the midst of, you know, a divorce or going through whatever they're going through. And just you telling your story and doing what you're doing is helping someone that really needs to hear what you're saying right now at this exact moment. Exactly. And, and right? I want to inter- interject is that also 
for people who are having marital problems, they ought to reach out to a coach like myself because too often I don't in, I don't encourage the divorce. I see where they're at and I will give yeah. them suggestions and tools to try to see if they can work and also tell them the horror stories of reality. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. I had a client once and I was telling, I don't think you want to do it. These are the realities. Well, she went ahead. She got the divorce and I ran into, she says, Judy, I shouldn't have gotten the divorce. It's been a nightmare. And there was money involved in the whole nine yards. But people got to do what they've got to do. And sometimes they have to learn on their own because sometimes no matter what you say, they can't imagine it really happening to them. And that's the key. It's possible for anybody. I don't care if you're the poorest person or the wealthiest person. It can happen to you. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. I called one of the local papers years in the early days. And I said to them, I said, I was wondering, like, to see about doing a story. And it was a wealthy city that I was in. Mm-hmm. And um, they said to me, he said, well, why would people in Boca Raton uh, need your help? And I said, well, actually, they need my help more than anybody else because they've got more to lose. They've got the money. That's what sold them on. And realizing if you've got money, you could lose everything, depending upon which side, because there are so many factors from the attorneys that are involved, the judges, the agencies that might be pulled in. There are just so many different components to getting a divorce, especially when there's anger and hostility, that you could lose everything. And the damage to your children is catastrophic at times. Yeah, I I love that you're saying all of this stuff because I think it is so important. I I mean, obviously, people get divorced every day, and and people I know personally people that are in the midst of a divorce, and um and a lot of times they say it's like a death, right? It's like oh, you're yes. going through like the grieving it process. Is a death. It, it is a death, yeah, because you're losing that person that you've been for however long, and all the pain of being by yourself, picking yourself up, and then not to mention having children involved. But I think that there's there there's so many times, and I know personally people that just should not be married and they should not be together. And the, the sad fact is that the kids are the ones that um, take the brunt of it and then they end up moving on in life and then they end up having issues and, you know, psychological trauma from what happened. So I, I just wanted to say, I think it's so important to try and work things out, go into therapy. I think therapy is so healthy for couples. I'm a huge advocate of therapy for myself. I go to therapy. Um, and there have been times, my husband might kill me for saying this, but love you, Ron. Um, we've been in therapy. I think it's very healthy. Like There's every no- marriage goes through periods, like especially for us, we've been in we we've been married for 20 plus or we've been together 20 plus years and married for what 13 so it's that's just normal you're living in a close quarters with another human being and also dealing with all the stuff that you deal with being a parent right <laughs> most definitely and the thing of it is is that you're yeah. bringing in two lives a join is one and the key uh-huh. thing that i also go into and teach and educate people on is how are you communicating with that person? What is the messaging that you are putting out and may not realize? And how can you say it in a way that you don't escalate or create a major problem? Because also that's teaching your children how you are communicating or how you act. And I want to say that 
I don't care whether your kids are little or they are adults. You're, oops, I'm sorry. That's okay. You're always a role model to your, your children. Okay, let me just stop you right there and explain that on ev- almost every podcast recently, I've had a cat. Um, my, when it, my dog pops in, uh, Dr. Nay's dog Coco popped in a couple of episodes ago. Um, we're, we're welcoming on this podcast to all animals. Great. And, um, your, your mascot, which I met earlier is named Miss Lady Phoenix. That's who's barking. She's 16 months old, a Pomeranian, super cute, right? Exactly. And so every time she hears or sees somebody out the window, of course, she's got to bark. And if I was to go in the bedroom and lock the door, of course, she's going to be scratching. Yeah. Crying. So it's like. She's still a baby. She's exactly. She's still a puppy. Yeah. She is, she's still a baby. It still has a lot to learn. And with COVID, when we're not able to get out a lot, we weren't when she really needed to be socialized. It yeah. compounds it. So, but you see, the thing, my thing is this, okay, but you could always change it. You could always improve upon it. I don't care what it is. As I say in a tagline is that we are about helping you to get the facts so you could act and achieve success personally and professionally because nobody knows everything. A hundred percent. Okay. So tell me um, once you, so then you started the, the National Single Parent Resource Center, correct? Yes, I started that in 1992, actually as a business, and then I was encouraged to turn it into a nonprofit. So it was, as a nonprofit, it was officially nonprofit in 1994. And I started it while I was finishing up my court case because I was pretty sure that I was going to win. But I also felt if I didn't win, at least I also have something that I can take and continue helping moms, dads, grandparents, whoever is dealing with issues of single parenting uh, in their lives so they can really have a better, healthier impact on the children and the other parents involved. Okay. Can I ask you a few questions? Sure. Because it seems to me like you are the expert. And I happen to have a friend that is I love to pieces and she's going through a very difficult time. And we kind of touched on it earlier about um, sometimes marriages just are not supposed to be, people are not supposed to be together. And it like what you went through with your family, right? Yes. There, th- things in divorce or all the trauma of like whatever couples go through, it can bring out the absolute worst in people. So I have like kind of a little, I never really bring questions under the podcast. It's always an organic conversation, but for selfish reasons and for the dear, deep, deep love of my friend, I have a few questions for you. My, my, um, my first question are what are some tips for comparison? for combating financial abuses in the court system, like not paying um, payments, like uh, extreme late payments. Can you give some advice on that? All right. Well, regarding child support, depending upon what state you're in, there has been a lot of California, by the way, California. Okay. Activism. And I don't know what degree it is, is that everything that you sign that's required, if they're not paying, unfortunately, has to go through the court system to make changes to enforce those papers you sign has to go through the court unless, and this is the key, if both parties are willing to go to mediation and find some way to compromise and maybe be understanding why maybe the child support isn't coming in with COVID, people's incomes have changed. Maybe that could be a part of the problem 
or just not wanting to pay, using as a weapon to get back. But this is a key that I people need to understand. When you are giving child support, you're not giving it to the other parent. That is for the care of the children because people forget children use food, children use lights, electric, children have sports activities or dance, whatever extracurriculum they're into. There could be that you know, money that needs to be for that, then also people forget if you've got a disabled or challenged child, what other provisions do you need to incorporate that in your papers and have that and agreed upon, but use mediation first rather than running to the attorneys, letting them billing you for more money. Yeah. If you two can't talk together. Well, my next question actually was mediation versus going to trial and the pros and cons and when it's worth trying to mediate. Well, I will say, I know here in Florida, all you have to do mediation with all of them. And they have yeah. several different components from parenting plans uh, to a four-hour course you have to take and so on from that standpoint. But the key thing is, is... Try to step back and think about the best interests of my children. How can I really resolve this? I will also say lots of times people write letters. So I even teach people how you should write a letter so it can't be used against you. Like, for example, the person had my daughter, he wrote a scathing letter and it was used against him. And I even took that letter and used it in a video that was professionally produced way back in 2002 to show people physical, verbal, you know, auto, let's see, I used to audibly because I talk about it and visually a letter that was written that backfired. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Well, that's that kind of touches on um there's there in this in the situations or certain situations. And I found that men in life in general always, I'm not an anti, I, I'm, I love men. I'm married to one. I, I love men. But I've found throughout my life on this planet that men always have the upper hand, especially if there's money involved and the person, like you're the breadwinner, say the man's the breadwinner, mm-hmm. the woman worked her butt off and then quit her job 
and then has to start over and be a parent, like, you know, but then rely on that man for the payments. And like, there could be anger, there could be, I'm trying to not give too many details. No, I, but, I, I understand. I have a suggestion. Yeah. Okay. So it, it just came to my mind, you know, yeah. what you're saying, because I always like to give, as I say, Coach Judy's practical tips. Yeah. Okay. I always think it's good, of course, being divorced. And if I was to marry again, or whatever, I always think it's best that the husband has his income, the wife has her income, and then you have a joint fund. Mm-hmm. So a percentage comes in so that if you are working, you still have a sense some of your own money to do with as you choose to. So you can reduce the arguments and beliefs of what you should or shouldn't buy. I think that's the healthiest way to kind of work out the financial from day one, because so many end up getting divorced. Sometimes they can't get right back to work. Then they're losing more money. They may end well, yeah, up I mean, on that's a huge problem. Women stay home. They leave their careers to be. I mean, I know I personally am a professional Uber driver right now. I was the breadwinner for a long time in my marriage. My husband is now. Um, and, you know, there we have an understanding. But like, I'm kidding when I say I'm a professional Uber driver. I'm an Uber driver for my children. I don't get paid for it. I just feel like I'm just literally running them from sport to singing lessons to, but I don't get paid for that job. So there's a lot of women out there like, like me. Sure. There's, there's, there are so many like you out there and they don't, and they don't stop to think because this is part of the problem and I can relate to it. I, they become codependent on the spouse. Yeah. Whether it's a man or a woman with today's way people are and being who they are. Okay. My father being very successful, if I had questions or wonderments on things, who did I go to when I was divorced? I went to my father and my mother because I saw them having the knowledge and the insight that I may not have on some things. But it was like that was the wrong thing because I was raised to be codependent. That was the wrong thing. And like for me, and I think it's important for other people to realize it's important not to pamper your children and not give them responsibilities. Let them learn, in my opinion, make the bed, do the laundry, do some of this stuff so that they are prepared in the event there is a separation, a divorce, a loss of a parent or whatever it may be. So they have security that they can take care of themselves. Got it. Okay. My next question is, um, tips with dealing with court-appointed minors counsel. What do you mean, minors counsel? You like, mean, oh, you when they have when the kids have an attorney themselves. Yeah, yeah. Generally, that comes in when there's abuse going on, and yeah. they also have what they call a guardian ad litem, which I was uh, a guardian ad litem. Yeah, uh, with the courts. So it really depends their attitudes, because part of the problem, whether you're a man or woman, is the perspective of your legal representation, their Mm -hmm. views, their personalities, because sometimes you could be end up matching yourself with the wrong attorney and not realize that and have to leave. And then half your money is gone. Cause I know when I was seeing clients, a lot of them already had spent most of their money and had to go to another attorney and didn't know what to do. So when you talked about the children's attorney, it's really having an understanding who they are, what are their, how do they view things? And I'm not saying this is typical, what you're going to hear. I don't always get, say the typical because it's the untypical that gets you into trouble. So um, it really is about 
having a rapport with with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they also can be, uh, how should I say it, may not be working in the best interest, but they, the attorney for the child thinks they are. And it really complicated if you've got three different attorneys involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so that's, those are my, a few of my questions I had, I really kind of wanted to just ask a few questions. And then also if there's any other like tips for single parents and with all of your vast experience that, you know, might have, I know my mom personally lost my dad and when I was 12 or 13, just turned 13 to cancer. And my mom was a single parent. And then ended up getting remarried to a monster. That's a whole different podcast. Um, But so we were thankfully okay financially. My dad left us in a good situation. But do you deal with that as well? Or is it mainly? Okay. No, I do. I'll be honest. What I've done is my expertise, recognized expert, because the National Single Parent Resource Center was honored nationally in D.C. with the Phoenix Award. And uh, I decided that not only can I help single parents to be or single parents who are dealing with challenges, but also anyone who wants to enhance and achieve greater success, because they if they're already successful, they want to do better. I go in, I will also help them because the common sense and basic communication and understanding human behavior is not taught. So unless Mm -hmm. you really can understand the different human behaviors, it's hard to know to handle them. The key thing is if I have a client that is having problems and they're not able to really follow what I am suggesting that they do, which I had with one client, I will then refer them to the right type of therapist that they need, including with my clients, I'll refer them to the type of attorneys they may need. You may have a simple divorce. You go to a, a shark attorney, you're going to have an entirely different divorce. If you're one who goes, does the collaborative way of divorcing or go to do the mediation and all parties can work together, including the attorneys and not uh, advocate war, then you're going to have a better outcome. But the key thing is, is like, as another model of mine is you get the facts. So you got to research it, know who, who and what is going on and how to handle it so that you know how to act appropriately. And then you're going to achieve success. It may not always be exactly what you want in life, but you're going to achieve success. And also it's the mind changing them to understand what sex success is because too many people relate success to just money. Mm -hmm. Success is so much more about you as a person, the changes that you make that enhance for you, because too many people rely on other people's judgment on themselves rather than their own judgment and self-worth and value and self-esteem. So those are the areas I love getting into to help anybody who wants to achieve success, greater success or create goals that are realistic for them because they may have situations and not realize that that could be holding them back. And also because of my marketing skills, I've done all my own marketing, marketing, which put me into on the national international level as well. I'm able to even to help those who have businesses and they want to know how to market. So I really take everything that I've learned and I give it back and I help those who want to get ahead and feel good about who they are on the inside. 
I love that. I love what you just said. I think it's really important. I mean, money, money's great, but it's not the most important thing, which we all know in life. You can't take it with you, as they say, right? Well, exactly. The interesting thing you should say that is that because my family was very comfortable, it Uh was like their name, their recognition thing was really formulated on the money and the kindness they had. But then once the money changed, well, it things really changed for them. Yeah. And money, money can bring out the worst in people. Bring out the worst. And you're only seeing for the money you give, not who you are as a person. And I do things based on as a person, because basically I was fortunate enough in the early years that I could donate my time to build up the national single parent resource center and not have to be concerned and reach what I want to reach in life. I'm still working on reaching certain goals and will we not never stop. stop working on reaching certain goals. Right. That's but part some of people do, they reach a certain age. And they think, well, yeah. um, I've hit that age. I'm just going to forget it. And I'm like, don't keep making goals. Cause that's, what's going to keep you young and healthier and happier. Even if you're alone, you still have you to create whatever it is that you want. I, it's interesting you say that there's so many, um, stories that I hear about people retiring and then, um, and then they're unhappy because they're like, I just don't feel like I worked my whole life and I don't really feel like I have purpose anymore. And like, what am I going to do? My mom still works like, I think a few days a week just Mm -hmm. because she likes the social interaction. My mom's like a social butterfly. Um, and she, she says that it helps her, her brain. It helps her stay young. So I love that you do that too. I don't think you're ever too old to have goals and things that you want to do in life. That's part of life. That's one of the best things about life. And also the key thing is for people who are not like you and I or your mom who are out butterflying around and talking and everything else, even if you are the type who are very withdrawn into your own world or just not into lots of friends or anything else, well, you still have you and that's okay to be in your own world as long as you're operating in a healthy way. You don't have to be like everybody else. Be you. And what I also like telling people is the goodness in you, if that's where you focus, whatever it may be, is what's going to come out. That's the energy that's going to come out. But if you're angry and you can't let that have the control over you, who's going to want to be around you? True. I mean, I think that anger is something that we all deal with. I know that I work on my anger all the time and... um. I'm I'm not there with forgiving people that have wronged me. It's something I actively am trying to, <laughs> to it's work not on. Easy. I think it's yeah, I think it's part of being human, right? It's a human it condition. I, um I, I do want to expand on that just a little bit yeah. because what I did uh-huh. do with my family when they were receptive, there were periods where it were like a year or two that I would be able to be with my kids and my parents after the whole case was over and in later years, we did try, but then it didn't last long because one particular person kept trying to throw stabs and I said, uh-uh, I'm not going to be around that. I think that that's okay though, because I I love that you brought that up. There are people in life, I think that hurt you so much, like your particular situation. I don't see how there's any coming back from that, right? With your, it's your own family, but if there is, there is is. the other fan, if the other parties are willing to say, okay, it's now in the past, let's build new and not bring that up. Okay. But did you they know it's going to create it? 
What? But did they, they didn't do that though. Well, my family did. I'll never forget. I don't mind saying it. My mother okay. said to me once, she said, and I already had reached quite distinction and success. And she said to me, she says, how can you go out and help other par- other parents? You were a terrible parent. And I looked at her. I said, I did the best that I could. And because I knew if I brought up, well, what do you think the things that you have done that interfered in my parenting, what do you think that had what type of effect that have on me and my children and the influences that you exerted above and beyond your boundaries. And, but wow. I knew that if I brought that up, it would create a fight. So I just never really brought these things up. But I will say before my mother passed away, she did admit to me that she knows that we had a very, very, very dysfunctional life. Yeah. And I said, yes. And I didn't go any further because what's the point of starting a fight when you know, when you know they're going to react a certain way and you want to have a healthy relationship of whatever it could be, why start it up again? Well, I think too, it's about taking care of your own mental health. I mean, yes, like, you know, what you like sometimes in life, even if it is a family member or like a best friend or whatever it is, you need to know that it's okay to walk away from the situation and have, don't have to have a relationship with that person. And if that means like, like protecting your own mental health, so it doesn't, it's not going to be triggering for you. So you can go out and help other people like you do and do all the things that you do for a parent to say that to a child, really, when you think about it, had nothing to do with you for her to say that it had to do with her. So when people say unkind things, this took me a long time to get, by the way, I'm still not there, but I have learned in recent years that through lots of stuff that when people are mean, whether it even be a family member, it's because they're coming from a place of their own pain. And I think it's also like a generational thing, right? Oh, that, that also is too. Yeah. The way I raised my children was different from the way they did it. And even like today, the way you think, you know, kids are raised today. But the key thing is, is that knowing that it's okay to try and come back and give it a chance. I've done it with friends. It's yeah. like, it couldn't work. It was the things were getting in the way. I um, got to protect me. I'm not going to deal with that type of, you know, what. And I would maybe a year or two years later call and see, you know, what happened or let's just move on. Let's just forget the past. Let's just move on. Sometimes it works or and sometimes it doesn't. I have a friend that we had a falling out and that I called. We were friends for three years and all of a sudden she started doing things. I asked her not to do it, send me certain things through email and or on Facebook and it was bothered me. And then and I, she kept doing it. So I had to make the choice. What do I do? Keep looking at it or get rid of her? So I blocked her and I told her I had to block you because you kept sending me these things and I don't want to see it. And instead of accepting it and seeing, okay, down the road, whatever, she then went on the attack of me. Yeah. And that's, it's like, okay, happened. that tells me I don't need this type of person in my life. I miss her. I miss the conversations, but her health is not healthy for me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that has happened in recent years a lot with the political climate and all the garbage that's going on in the world. But, um, you know, I I also have been through things with friends and blocked Mm -hmm. people on on social media. And I found for myself, that's a healthy space for me because I'm protecting my own health 
um, and my own heart because I was tremendously hurt by by the people, you know, in some ways that I might have blocked because they did something to me. That's I have, also go I, ahead. I'm glad you're emphasizing this. We're talking about this is because people think that they have to um, do what the other person says or whatever. They they have to people please other people, even though mm-hmm. it's hurting themselves. And I think it's good that we're sharing. Let people know that you have control over you, and it's okay to step away or to block or to let this keep, take this person out of your life. Those are your choices, and you don't have to be afraid. But it's like what's holding them back. It's like where they rejected a lot, so they don't want to. You're afraid of being rejected, and so there's all these so many different areas in life and I've lived them unfortunately I've lived them all but I understand them and I see what you can do with your life because I've done it with my life in all these different ways and I feel good about who I am even if somebody will attack me degrade me whatever it may be it's like okay you don't really know me Mm -hmm. and if you really knew me you wouldn't be saying or accusing or anything else or the other aspect is like if we have to take actions, they're going to start attacking and slander, defame you, whatever, call people that you may know to, to cause you trouble. But people who know and value you are the most important people in your life and they'll stay with you. Well, it also goes back to those people not being happy, right? They're not happy. They're not healthy. Yeah, uh, you don't do, you don't do stuff like that if you're uh, if you're uh, and at one point in my life I was one of those people. I was very angry. I, I'm still working through my some of my anger issues. But you know what's great is I I've said this the past few podcasts. I I do like myself. I do like myself, and it took me a really long time to get to that place. I'm st- I'm still a work in progress. We well, all are. Right? I'm so glad you said that because I was going to say. Everything we're saying and the changes we're talking about, it's not an overnight thing. It's a process. It can take a long time, but as long as you're taking the steps yeah. to bring change, yeah, that's what's important, not how long. It's like a ladder. It's like climbing a mountain. Peaks it's and like, valleys, right? You're going to totally. go up. You're going to go down. There's going to be bad things. There's going to be good things. You might get dragged back into stupid things like I personally have. And then I kind of take a step away and I know my own triggers, but that's also through me working really hard on my, on, in therapy and my own mental health to get to that place. But I'm still, like I said, a work in progress. I love what you're saying. I think you're the most amazing lady. Oh, um, can, where, where are you now? Like, tell, tell me how people can contact you. Um, are you still like coaching? Like say I, they're, I will. I do coaching over the phone. I will do face to face. I will want to say this. There's a lot of people out there in chronic pain who feel sorry and they sit on the couch. They do nothing. As one who lives with chronic pain, getting older, mm-hmm. I believe you do your very best and you work it to work to what you can do. But don't give up on what you enjoy doing, no matter what it is. Find an alternative way to do it. And it's going to take that pain, whether it's physical or emotional pain, it's going to reduce it because you're enjoying life. And you're giving back and you're doing something for other people. I am so sorry that you deal with chronic pain. That's I, I that's the horrible situation to be in and it's not fun. And um and but but I love that you've turned you turn it around because there's a lot of people in situations like you where they are experiencing chronic pain and they don't they want to just like 
be home, isolate and not do what you're doing. And I think that's really important to get that messaging out. Thank you. I'm glad I had the opportunity. I don't say it too often, but I feel like you're, you're really great. Your show is great. The way you're hosting is great. And I think people need to know that chronic pain, whatever it is, hold it, own it, but don't let it control you and find alternative ways. I've had to make a career switcheroo a little bit right now until I'm able to switch where I do a talk show again. I decided, you know, instead of doing my own show, Uh let me go on other shows because there's a lot of great opportunities when you go and meet other people and do things rather than say, well, I can't do my show right now. There's different things that I need to help to do it. I don't want to stop. I don't want to vegetate. Says, wait a minute. I used to do the the, uh, Gaston show. So I don't want to be the guest. I can still do my coaching. We're right here with the internet. We can do anything. It's true. And I think that being a guest, so um, I love being a guest on other people's shows. I think it's fun. Um, and just getting your story out. I mean, what you, you've told me today, I know will help somebody out there. I think I've never done an episode. I'm on, I think, episode 62 uh-huh. of my of my podcast. And I haven't done one about being a single parent. I think um it's what you're doing is so important. And I don't even think that people understand if they do find themselves in the shoes of like going through a divorce or whatever it is, that there is a resource besides asking a friend who their divorce attorney is, and then going down that rabbit hole to have a resource like you for people to say, Hey, Judy, I need help. What are some things that I can do that I can learn from you because of your experience and then passing that information on because there's a lot of people that are going through it right now. I'll say that. Oh, there are so many. I'm going to give you one quick story. I have a new client. They called. We did We did it within a few days because of an urgent matter. And I learned that there's companies on the internet charging $400 or more to get the papers and say that they'll file them. And I was like, what? You can do this yourself. If you have no money, a lot of the courthouses have self-help centers where you can go in and you can pick up the papers or download the papers. You can file them yourselves. And people don't realize because I get a lot of people calling because I'm with 211, a hot resource line for the county here. And people didn't even know that they could do it themselves. There is just so much out there. And that's why I love what I do because I can give them at least when they call in for help, it's like, if you have no money, you can't do anything. Well, you can go to the courthouse and you can do the process. We do ask for donations for the nonprofit through the co- all the coaching. Everything that I do goes right to the nonprofit. I don't take a salary or anything like that from the nonprofit. I so love it all you. goes in. It all goes in. I love you. You're amazing. That's so important what you're doing. Where can people follow you? Okay, you they can fo- I'm on, on first of all, I'm on Facebook. Okay. I'm on Instagram at Coach Judy Romanoff. I'm also on LinkedIn under Coach Judy Romanoff. And I also have my websites. I have two websites. One is nationalsingleparent.org, and that's geared towards all the single parent information. I have another site called coachjudy.info, which is where you can link up with me. You can fill out the form. We are going to be doing is building up resources of businesses who want to join and be a a vendor member of services, not just to single parents, but to other businesses, to other other families, to individuals, singles. You know, it's going to be 
the Coach United food is going to be for everybody and a benefit to the single parents because they're going to have all types of resources to go to as we begin to build that, not to mention other needs that they have as a single parent. And as a matter of fact, I'm working with my web guy right now to take the two-hour video that we were selling that is like, I guess, in beta or some other format because I was going to sell it. I found out they don't have DVDs anymore. So <laughs> that's how behind I am with that stuff. That's so, okay. That's okay. We'll so we're going to back. Right. So anyway, we're going to uh, get it up on the coachjudy.info website because I do have a web company working with us on that. I'm looking for somebody to work on the nationalsingleparent.org website because there's errors on there that without somebody who knows how to go in and fix it, I can't I'll fix get, it. I'll, I'm, after we get off of this, I'm going to put you in touch with my guy. Oh, okay. Because Great. and also why I created the coachjudy.info because it was a good way to cross it over because it's all together. Awesome. I love it. I love everything you're doing. Well, thank you. Um, you're wonderful yourself. Aw, you're doing you. and you're caring and it's it's a pleasure. I wish you were down here. You're really a pleasure. I know. We would go we would go chat and go to lunch. What part of Florida are you in? I'm actually in with the West Palm Beach area and I've been down oh in Florida God. since seventy six. So Judy, I've been here I feel a long like I time. I need to visit you. I love Palm Beach. I love West Palm Beach. It's oh, gorgeous. You'll have to, and um, I'm not going anywhere. It's like wherever I go or however old I get, I say, as long as I can talk and I've got the internet, I can still help. I love it. You're magnificent. Everyone, please follow Judy. Um, please oh, get in touch with her. Oh, go ahead, Also, I forgot. Uh, I, I'm going to give you my email address if you want to reach out that way. Go to Coach Judy with a Y live l-i-v-e at gmail.com plus my other email that goes to the coach judy website is judy at coach judy dot info i-n-f-o okay and then also i'll have all of this information in my show notes when this comes out all right i'll give Um, you my phone number too i don't mind giving out my phone number okay well everybody we're going to be calling judy in palm beach to go to go out for lunch um in closing everyone let me just give you the uh, the phone number go ahead okay five six one four four one eight five five seven thank you phoenix for the echo Miss 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 Lady Phoenix needed yes. to give a shout out for the phone number. Well, everyone, I it's been a joy to have Judy on Coach Judy on today. I learned so much. Um, if you are going through the horrible experiences, like many people do, of divorce or being a widow or a widower, or single parent, um, I think she's an amazing resource. I, I think there's more. There's more more of this needed in the world. And in closing, like I always say, um, my dad used to say, be happy by making other people happy. And I think now more than ever, that's so needed. And I want to close this show also saying my prayers and my heart are with everyone in Ukraine and, um, and, and those people need us. And, um, and I just, my heart goes out to every single one of them and don't, let a day go by where we as human beings don't think about what they're going through. Meg, I just want to say thank you because I meant to say that as well. I was thinking about it right in the middle of the show because there's now a lot more single parents out there that really aren't going to know what to do. I know it's awful. It's awful. And it's, and it's, and not to keep going on it, but it's, um, 
it's like one of those things in life where you can just pretend like it's not happening, but it is happening right now. And I think we as human beings, like we can't just step back and just wait for something to change. Um, this is absolutely despicable behavior and um, that this monster needs to be stopped and um, and these people need to have their country back. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And thank you, Coach Judy. You are a joy to have on and to now know. Well, thank you, Megan. I appreciate the opportunity and I really enjoy being able to share some hopefully great tips that people can use right on right away.